heroes. Highlights and hardships with Triple M's Rush Hour. Welcome back to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. It's a three H's podcast, a hero, a hardship and a highlight from a special friend or someone that we all love and know. And today it is Robbie O'Davis from the Newcastle Knights. Robbie O'Davis, how are you going, brother? Good afternoon. I'm flying at the moment. Mate, it's so good to hear your voice. It's been a little while. Now, tell us, a hero in your life, whether it's on the field or off the field, who's that one hero you can tell us all about? Oh, well, you'd like to say your father, wouldn't you? Because I sort of grew up next to Dad and I got to play next to Dad and all that sort of stuff. And from mm. the age of probably five out in the country towns, oh, I suppose Toowoomba is a country town, um, everyone goes to work. So Dad was a captain coach and he has to make up the numbers. Uh, training, so Dad would put me on the wings since the age of five, and because I'd sort of been there for ten years, I suppose by the age of fifteen, he actually played me in the first grade game against uh, Tom Redonigas, coach Brisbane North, and they come down to Newtown Night Trials, and yeah, so I played my first game at the age of fifteen, and that just happened to be with my father as a captain and coach, so Brilliant. that was pretty special. But of course, Wally Lewis, mate, Wally Lewis, he was I was a five eight all my life till I come down here and. They chucked me on the wing because I was too fast to be a 5'8". Robbie Chu told me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, which is probably the best thing that ever happened because um, you know, I, I got bladder as a, a winger and Brad Godden was a fullback and had a couple of heartaches catching the ball one year and they put me a fullback and the rest is history. But watching, watching Wally as a kid and wanting to be Wally and under-12 training camp, we had John Money, um, Wally Fulham-Smith and Wally Lewis as the three coaches there and Wow. I still remember as an 11-year-old kid coming down the road, it was a um, black Nissan 300ZX, and it said WJL, Wally John Lewis, Queensland symbol, N06, and it was the best licence plate I've ever seen. <laughs> I yeah, still remember good, coming yeah. down. Brilliant. Um, so Paul and just the, the presence of the man at the time. Um, mm. It was 1984, presence of the bloke coming up. I was one of them kids that would I'd wait. I'd, I'd sit there and wait. I'd work hard, but I'd wait for everything that comes to me. And um, I stayed right at the back of the line. And when I got to the front of the line, Wally thought all the signatures were finished. And I had this yellow summit football. Now, Wendell wouldn't remember the yellow summit football. Yeah, of course. And I put it up in the air, and I, I was that happy. And Wally, he frowned at me and went, give a big sigh. So I pulled it away from him and gave him a mouthful and run away. Um <sighs> I, I ended up making the last ever tackle on Wally Lewis in his whole whole career um, in at Seagull Stadium in the uh, 20 all draw. He was going from the halfway line towards the corner post, and I tackled him and pulled him up. That was the end of the game against the Seagulls. And um, I walked over to him as he's doing a victory, a victory lap, and I walked over and I said, "Oh, excuse me, Mr. Lewis, um, do you remember to pull the football away from you at the camp years ago?" And he uh, he said, "No, no, get away, sort of thing." So he walked around the ground. We won the first ever State of Origin. I found first State of Origin in 95. And when um, bloody Wally Lewis bagged us, worst, worst side ever. And Freddie was coaching us and all that sort of stuff. So after we won the first one, Wally jumps on the bus in the second State of Origin and comes up and sits right beside me. And he goes, I've always wanted to say good idea. And I said, what was that? And he said, well, when you pull the ball away from me as a young kid, I went home and I told my wife about it. And she said to me, never, ever be that person, Wally, that has a kid do that to you. He said, then I met you when you made the last ever tackle on my career. He said, it's Robbie O'Davis. Glad to be now you're playing State of Origin. So that, that was probably Amazing. the proudest moment wow. that he remembered and his wife gave him a mouthful because I had done it. And then uh, I just happened to make the last tackle on him and get to meet him in the State of Origin. So that was, that was special. That was pretty good. 
Yeah, I was going to say, Robbie, look, I, I was lucky enough to play against you. I mean, you've always, you're always a competitor, but also I've got to room with you. But even when you played for Queensland, what, what made you, like, you're not big in stature, but your skill, you're competitive, but you just got along with everyone and, and you made training and being a roomie a better place. Well, I had to, well, first of all, I don't think I come in the room with you once, kept on locking the freaking door um, <laughs> and pinching all the keys. I remember you pinching all the keys at last. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah. So <laughs> And then I think, mate, I just had to play. I was a little man in a big man's game. I had to play above my weight and I'd become the strongest pound for pound in the uh, in the nights for a lot of years. And um, I was just doing ridiculous things like I bench pressed my own body weight 30 times and I think I was... You know, 78 kilos <laughs> to do that 30 times is pretty amazing, I guess. Um, but I had to be that person to, to play above my body weight. And I always stayed back after training and made sure I caught them uh, 10 bombs before I went home. And with a guy like Andrew Johns kicking the ball to you, you want to mm. make sure you catch 10 bombs in a row. Because if you don't, <laughs> mate, he, I'm gonna, he wants to go home. So, yeah, and I, if I drop nine, I you know, make him go back to number one and start the 10 in a row again. So... Um, and to the guy called Kenny Kicktase that come into our club and he ended up catching me, kicking me bombs for 10 years. Um, so, man, I think just the fact that I was a little man, a big man's game, I had to work a little bit harder than everyone else and, and then sort of little blokes can still survive in this game now because of this new the tackle rule, you, the six tackle start again type thing. Mm. Um, so I know for a fact I could have still made it in this current era. But, mate, I just, you know, I got, got belted from pillow to post. It's just a matter of hitting that brick wall and getting back up again is stupidity when we look back now, but it was bravery when we played. Robbie, I mean, it's been such an amazing career for the Knights over the journey. I mean, the Clive Churchill medal, is that is that mm. the highlight across your career or what, what are some of those highlights? Um, obviously, playing with Dad was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, playing football in the grand finals, that, that, was, that was good. Making a comeback from the suspension and, yeah. you know, obviously Wendell knows a bit about that. Um, and, and that's a big thing, restarting your life again when something so bad as that happens in your life. Um, yeah. You know, and, and you just don't see it coming. Mm. And when you don't think you're guilty, <laughs> that makes it even worse. Um, I think that the biggest highlight was having a name big enough to be able to walk into the uh, Children's Hospital with John Hunter up here and yeah. uh, visit kids just using your name. And... I did it one day, just said, oh, I was having a really bad day. I had a game that weekend or something. And I happened to be at the hospital. And we'd have to get told to go visit the kids at hospitals. And you're going three on fours. And, and the kids just, they knew. They knew that you didn't, didn't, you wanted to be there, but you didn't want to be there. You'd rather be somewhere else and all that sort of stuff. So, because um, the club had sent you. So I just walked through the hospital. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go visit the kids. I've, I've visited them a couple of times through the night to tell them. So I'm just going to go visit them. It become that much of a habit that I got made the patron of the Ronald McDonald House. And I think after five or six years of uh, visiting these kids constantly all the time, and I was sitting there in room one night and there's a young kid, I won't, I'll just say his name's Johnny, and um, I was painting his face and he painted mine. And 11 o'clock at night, I, I fell asleep and I had my face face down on his the white sheet. And um, the nurse came in about 12 o'clock and went, oh, geez, well, I thought you left hours ago. And I sort of woke up and my face print was in colour on, on his bed sheet. I left, went home, and I got a phone call at 7 o'clock in the morning. That, that kid never woke up. Oh, um, and they put, put that face and the sheet on his coffin the day he died. So oh, um, that, that was oh, not something special, but something yeah, I'll never forget. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just the presence of being able to use my name. And then when I had my testimonials, then they got 
every single kid out of that hospital, it didn't matter how sick they were, and they just brought every single one of them. Some, some had been there for five, six years, still had cancer, still had leukemia, still had all them sort of things. And to bring them in and put them on stage in my testimony, in beds and in wheelchairs, that, that was pretty cool. That was pretty good. That, that's outside of football. That, that's still pretty good. Yeah, Robbie, I mean, it's great perspective for, for those players that come into the game and things like that. And, and, and quite of it's the stuff that you don't see. You know, the players get off to the, the hospitals and the like. It's so impactful for those youngsters, isn't it? Well, it definitely is. You know, you, you want to, at the end of the day, you want to go up and see the kids, you want to visit them, and when you get in there, you're so happy you do. But there's a million other things you could be doing mm-hmm. at that same time, and and you just wish it, that, that never happens to you. I suppose just quickly, I've got another story to tell. Just thinking of this is another off the field story. I, I did a stupid dance in the, in the grand final. I was watching Great the Beautiful. Yeah, I was watching it become bigger than like the city limits up here in Newcastle. <laughs> um, and I did the dance, and after that, everyone was sort of doing that dance, and I went down to watch my first wife, because I've had plenty of them, watch, watch her play touch football. And now that's the situation I don't want to be in, okay? So watching my first wife play, because she's, I don't know, about, <laughs> yeah, she's not very coordinated. She couldn't do the up with Sergio. But anyway. You're so positive. Well, no wonder you got divorced, mate. You're so <laughs> yeah, positive, exactly, mate. There you go. There, I, I wouldn't give it to her in front of my face back in them days, but I will now. Um, so anyway, I was watching her play touch football, and I heard my name get called a couple of times from behind me, and I went, ah, oh, this is my last kid's behind this fence. Give me a mouthful. So watching her play again, and I heard my name again, and oh, here we go. I'm going to get on a little rock, because you can imagine me trying to look over at 1.8 metre fence. Uh, get, get on a rock and looked over and there were six kids in the back of the yard playing football. They would have been about six or seven years of age. And they race away and score in the try and they get underneath the post and they do the little Robbie O'D. And I remember doing that as a kid, being Willie Lewis, being Mel Meninga, being you know, whoever it was. And I can't believe that six kids were being Robbie O'Davis. And I just went, how, how the hell can I become part of this, this moment? I, I can't just say it's, it's Robbie here. So I let him go and Sure enough, little mate scored underneath the post on the dance, and I might give him a push and said, I was Robbie O. And he goes, Man, I told you to start, I was Robbie O. And that was it. I just went, Hey, how about I be Robbie O? And the look on these kids' face was just something I'll never forget, jumped the fence, and I was playing on my knees with them and playing football for about half an hour. So, the look on the kids' face, I'll remember for the rest of my life, it's a look on the kids' mum when she come outside and see some strange bastard tackling the kids in the backyard. <laughs> now, that's something I won't ever forget. <laughs> that's awesome, Robert. So there's, there's another moment. There's another moment right there. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're great moments. Thank you, mate. Just finishing up the three H's, the hardship, mate. What would be the hardship? Was it the suspension? Yeah, definitely suspension. And on top of that would be what's happening now with the early stage dementia, the probable CTE. The fact that NRL deliberately hid me scans because they seen a laceration on my brain. I just that, that's just uncalled for. That's wow. so that that is a hardship at the moment. Yeah, definitely. When when did you start I, I, I noticing? When did you yeah. started noticing changes? You know, either sort of uh, from that side of things, Robbie. Mate, I, I just thought it was hilarious when I was just for, to get into. Um, mate, I'd go down the road and, and the wife would send me down to get a loaf of bread, and I'd come back with a packet of Tim Tams. <gasps> Um, I know that they're good, but I was getting stuff for breakfast. They're for breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. The kids love me having tin tans for breakfast. But um, it was just, just stupid stuff like that. And only yesterday, I lost three items in one walk up the stairs. So I lost the cards, and I still now lost to open the, the, the roller door. I lost my phone, and I went up to get a drink, and I come down looking for them two items, and just totally got the car and drove away without getting a drink. So just it's just getting worse and worse, and... I just don't know what to do at the moment. I just, mm. I, I'm scared of it all, and I'm scared of 
I'm just getting NDIS and getting everything set up in case it gets worse, I guess. Mm. Hey, Robbie. Um, yeah, sorry, yeah. mate. I, I, for me, like, when I think about Newcastle, you know, you're obviously one of the legends of the club and nobody does the old boys better than you guys. And I know the last couple of years, you know, you've always been very supportive of myself and my family. But let me ask you this. When you think about the greatest nights, is it, is it Andrew Johns and, and Paul Harrigan? Because they're two blokes who I've got nothing but respect for, but I just love, you know, their presence, uh, yeah, for different reasons. Yeah, Dell, or, or should I call you sexual chocolate? I'm not sure you'll get, get it mixed up in the two names. What about, like, I wanted to introduce my roomie from a state of origin to me kids when they were five and six, and he's walking across Marathon Stadium, um, the car park. I said, oh, Dell, come meet me kids. These one's your, and two names you'll never forget. These one's your. Yep. And he said, hey, guys, just call me sexual chocolate. <laughs> That's <laughs> what he said to you. I did, I did. How, how old were the kids? Yeah. Five and six. Yeah. Five and six. Yeah. I was the watching all those. Ten years. Yeah. And the next ten years, every time Wendell come on table, the TV, they go, "Dad, sexual chocolate." <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I was watching all the Eddie Murphy uh, movies and all that sort of stuff. Sexual chocolate. Sexual chocolate. So good. Yeah. But yeah, mate. TV is just. Uh, he was just a monstrous man. The sort of bloke that you just you stand behind on a football field and you cheer your head off. I remember when he hit Spud. Oh well, he knocked himself out. Um. I I woohooed. I just went, whoa, I couldn't believe it. this happened. And when then that woo went to, oh, shit, he's not getting up the big fella. Um, so just stuff like that. There's stuff that Matty Johns would do off the field to make sure that Andrew performed so well on the field. Mm. You know, Matty was like a guide, guiding light for Andrew because he was so loose. <laughs> and he would just have to string him in all the time and said, mate, you can't chip on the first touch and all that sort of stuff. He's just, um, mate, he... he, he when, the minute that, let's put it this way, the minute that Matt left the club, Andrew, he went to a different level altogether. Because Matt was running the whole show. Um, Andrew's playing well, but Matt was running the show. He left and then Andrew had to take responsibility. And, mate, that, them two actually had it all in blue at that trade at one day. Um, they had a fight and Andrew kept on throwing the ball around his kneecaps just to stir him up. And the two brothers, Matt come and jumped the, jumped the scrum Punched Joe in the head and was on. And Mel really, you can imagine Mel really, the tough bastard he was. He got the boys to form a circle around him and he's cheering him on. He said, Come on, boys, let's cheer him on. Told the NBN to turn the cameras off and watch the two have a, have a fight. Amazing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it went for about 20 minutes and we got bored, so we all walked away. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, so good to yeah. so good to hear from you, Robbie. Thank you so much for joining us on the Three H's podcast. It's much appreciated, mate. No, thanks for thinking of me, boys, and uh, go the Knights. Yeah, go Cheers, Robbie. good on you, mate. Cheers, Robbie. Well, one of the great entertainers, mate, right there. Love it. See you, boys. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude, and Wendell. Weekdays from four on Triple M.